before we just give you a battery of questions, is there anything you would like to say first? Yeah, I'm actually uh, out there, a thousand hallelujahs and a thousand more. Um, really touched me because, you know, I'm a triple minority in my country. And I, I was one of them. And God, God took me out of it and gave me a good education. And he used me in his plan. So that, what more can you expect in your life? Right? Amen to that. And uh, kia ora and uh, good morning. Um, first, I should introduce myself. I'm Kevin Riddell, also working with Tefan. And I've had the privilege of working with Selena for the last 12 years uh, with the dairy program. And um, for me, sitting here, being able to share, sit with Selena and to hear her story and testimony, I hope is a great encouragement for, for you. Um, as we all take our journeys together with the Lord uh, in our lives, I have to wear glasses now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so I guess the first thing I want to ask is, uh, what does Yugosatsi, Yugosatsi mean? Does it have like a, a meaning in your language? Uh, yes. Yuga Shakti is two words uh, written together. Yuga is Yugam, a new era, E-R-A. Yeah. And Shakti is strength. So we thought... I'm looking for a word. Nothing better can fit. Because all these people came out of the war and all of them were displaced and they were resettling. So this is the strength of an era. Nice. Well, that's awesome. So we have um, Kevin and I, but mostly Kevin and Claire, gave us some questions that we want to ask. How, Kevin, what, what if you did, I, you, I'll do one, you do two, three, four. Does that okay. sound good? Yep. All right. Then Kevin has a break from speaking all the time. Okay, so where did the idea of Yukachati come from, and why was it personally important to you? Oh, yeah, I think I should start with my own personal life. Um, I was from the war zone, and I'm a triple minority. By ethnicity, I am Tamil, the minority group in Sri Lanka, and then by religion, I am a Christian. And I am also a woman, and um, it's very difficult when you come from a very orthodox family, even to stand up and talk for what you believe to be right. Um, so growing up, I was a child of 10, 11 years, but suddenly I became an adult at the age of 12 because there was fighting all over and, you know, random fightings and crossfires and... I was going to school at 12 with my brother, and suddenly there was random shooting by the, um, the military on the road. I have to pull my brother and go into the cume pipe that was there for the wastewater to go. And I was the whole time holding my brother's mouth like this, and I was praying because my brother was screaming. And after many hours, when we came down, when we came out, after all this was over, 
I lost my childhood because I have to talk, I had to take care of my brother, I had to help my mom. And every time, every day, living in fear, right, whether you will see the next day, was very challenging for a 12-year-old. So my thinking, I didn't know what was humanitarian work, or I didn't know anything. But one thing I thought, God, if you gave me a chance, let me keep the children to enjoy the childhood. Help, me, they help them to have a normal childhood, which I didn't, never had. You know, I don't know how to be a teenager, what they do, right? Um, so that was that, and then God brought me into this. He, I went, I, actually, uh, Philippines is very dear to my heart because uh, I went for my higher studies to the Philippines, and uh, I finished and I was going to U.S. There was a scholarship, and I was praying, God, what do you really want me to do? A cousin of mine was assassinated for co-authoring a book, and another cousin was already in prison. So I was asking God, what do you really want me to do? After three days, God spoke to me. I took you out of a messy situation. What are you giving back? So for the disappointment of my family, I packed my bags and landed in Sri Lanka. It took God for seven years to mold me. And then I was working with the uh, people uh, who, have, who were going through the war. And we were evacuating the injured civilians. So I had to work with the military and also the Tamil Tigers. And uh, all that time, I knew you would, you would carry children who are alive and they die in your hands. And you will see women giving birth in the refugee camps. And there's people who lost their limbs and, you know, no medical help. And I said, God, what is next from here? And uh, then, I also realized the truth of, like, you know, the reality of life. Once the war is over, there are many other needy countries around us. Mm. And the donor focus is going to shift soon. That doesn't mean we have overcome our challenges, mm. our problems. So we need to be there with them and walk with them. That is when we started of Yuga Shakti. It's a social enterprise. So we have business that is going on, and we have dairy farmers who are part of our business, and which also ensures sustainable livelihoods. Yep. Then we have another program. 48% of the profit goes to a program called Beyond Boundaries and Barriers. That is where we, um, it is led by a very a wonderful lady who, have, who, is, who was with us for 18 years. And um, uh, it were, Beyond Boundaries and Barriers works with children, women, smallholder farmers, anything and everything that a person can uh, see as a challenge to overcome. So that That's is fantastic. right here. Yeah. So, Selena, one, one of the main um, goals of Yuga Shakti was to improve the um, family incomes of um, impoverished farmers that had lost everything because of the war. Um, so the, que the question uh, is, how, how does Yugo Shakti do this um, to help farmers to be able to provide for their families? And what change and impact has this made over the 12 years since the program first kicked off with eight farmers and hardly any milk being collected. Yeah. 
So when the, fa when the families were resettled, and you can imagine a war zone where everybody was uh, uh, re displaced from their villages, they went into a camp which at that point declared by the UNHCR the most congested refugee camp. And when they were going on resettlement, we decided to walk with them, go with them. And then, you know, predominantly we have rice farming. That's the main source of income. But people couldn't go and do it because of the arsenic problems that they had after the war, and also landmines in the uh, rice fields, and uh, military was occupying most of the areas. So. What is next? So our secondary income came from the dairy, because all, all, all of them, all of us, had at least two cows at your, in your backyard, and you, would, you are familiar, we mean are familiar uh, working with the cows. As the people fled, the cows also fled for their lives in the jungles. Mm. So we had to round them, round them up, bring them to the villages, and people started taking their cow because they have the branding, we don't have the, we did not have at that point the ear tags. So that is when we started talking to the farmers that um, profitable, this can be profitable if we all work together. But you know, there is a challenge. It's only God can, like you know, I always say, Jesus, your constant companion. He doesn't leave you nor forsake you, right? The Holy Spirit will lead you through this. So, um, People were not very encouraged because everybody, everyone lost somebody in the family, a loved one, and all their lives' earnings was destroyed. So how do you bring hope through the hopelessness situation? So we had the first month, we are waiting, and only eight farmers came throughout the entire month, 214 liters of milk, and we paid almost somewhere around $20, New Zealand dollars for the month. But God did not want us to give up. So we started working and training and, you know, uh, getting them to see when you can, what you can have in the future. But right now, we, Yuga Shakti, is also a milk procurement body. And we alone, we have trained over 5,500 farmers. But collection, we alone collect about three to 4,000 liters a day, Ooh. chilling. We, we have it for chilling. And then we, um, on a peak season, we pay around uh, 82,000 New Zealand dollars to the farmers, and we collect over 75,000 liters. And uh, the lean season, we'll still collect about over 40,000 liters of milk, and then on an average, we will pay around 54,000 New Zealand dollars. You know, it's, uh, it's sometimes, uh, lovely to see them having options, sending their children to school, for even the university, women have better savings, yeah. so it's nice to see them grow. I just, that's why I went, whoo, at 30 liters a day for a cow. That's, that's a lot of liters of milk. <laughs> that's a lot of, man, that's... I got, so I love that there's kids. Um, I saw that there's like children, like youth work being done in the communities. And I just love what you said in the video where it's like that was always kind of like begin with the end in mind. Like that was the end. Like that's what you wanted to see. Um, 
one of the things we did, we did a modern slavery workshop um, here at the church, and we learned that during conflict and environmental disaster, um, war, it's usually the women and children or those marginalized are like exploited, sadly. Um, statistics are saying like even like the, the biggest wars, the longest wars, there's always those that are getting exploited. How does you just thought the, like, how does the, what's the component? Like how, what's the vehicle for that? To, how you're engaging with women's rights, children's rights, um, and how's that going right now? Yeah. Um, we have a lot of uh, components that we focus on. Uh, in the children's club, we st in the children's clubs, we start talking about the rights of children, right, to, right for survival, development, participation, and protection. And then we, run, we also run a hotline where the abusers can be reported. We run a newspaper for children in Tamil, it is called Suragugal. And in English, the meaning is the wings. So the children write the people from different walks of life, like the, uh, a judge, a lawyer, a police person would uh, write. And mothers and uh, farmers, we have uh, every uh, issue, we have a farmer talking. Uh, so it's, there are a lot of activities. And women, self-help groups are small. It's just 15 of them, the max. And we actually started with only four and we invested in them. And uh, we also gave them 150,000 rupees. And, uh, but the, the thing there was, they, will they can um, borrow, but they will have to collect it, and they have to plant another group. Mm -hmm. So in that way, it grew, and now we have 2,100 women in the program. Mm -hmm. So these small groups also provide a platform to dream to expand what they want to do, to go back and study. Like, you know, you saw the ladies writing up accounts, so we also have trainings on financial management, reinvestment planning, and, and also more, because men, when they came out uh, of detentions, they felt hopeless. And so for them, for women, it is the challenge of taking over the position of a head of household, yeah. providers. And on the other hand, the men started onto alcoholism and drugs. So how do you handle those situations, right? And we have to bring them together so that they can talk and find solutions. Or when they come to us, if we don't have the solution, we also direct them to the people who can handle those things. Yes. So, um, Selena, so um, I know because we've been I've been walking with you on this journey for uh, over a decade now, and I know the many challenges, the many obstacles, the many hills um, that you've had to, to, to climb. And I also know that I, th I think the persistent widow that Jesus mentions in the gospel is probably nothing compared to how you have persevered, how your faith has remained strong, and how you've stayed anchored uh, in God and in the Lord, and that you're very aware that this is very much a spiritual battle, as much as overcoming physical challenges, economic challenges, uh, social challenges, and all of that. And so the, the question is, is that in this journey that 
I know that you never thought that you would ever take, I don't think you ever thought that you would be heading up a, the largest dairy program in the north now, that you would have so many men, women and children coming to you. But what has kept you anchored all these years um, and what, if you were encouraging us, all of us, what would be key Bible verses that you've held on to in your journey? Um, and then what are some of the, with maybe just share a piece, because I know there's lots of stories that Shalina could talk about, but just a couple that highlight the challenges that you face, like from corruption, like even trying to get the alcohol that you need to test the milk, and then what that's like and how you overcome that. Yeah. You know, uh, sometimes when I travel, I always say, it's sometimes in certain cultures, it's very difficult to keep up to your faith because you have too many options and so much of richness. But when you are in a place where you don't have options, like for, for us, like coffee, you have too many options here. <laughs> and for us, it's just either the instant coffee, mostly it's the ground coffee because instant coffee is expensive. So, uh, your life, when it is placed solely on faith, just seeing, I have ran over the dead and the half-dead. And it, at the age of 16, I used to think like, what if I just stopped for a minute and took somebody with me? That person would have been uh, alive. I have gone five near-death experiences, right? Every time I said, God, I'm ready to see you in heaven, right? But I am still here, right? Then I, I was thinking and praying when I said, you know, all of us deal with a fear in our life. It may differ, but we all have a fear. And for me, growing up, it is the fear of death. Because I grew up in that context. And after going through these five near-death experiences, I realized, you know, unless my father wants me home, nobody or nothing will take my life. So, the day I die, it is the day my father wants me to be a simple heart attack or a bomb blast, right? So, why worry? Right? So, that is the point where I got my courage to stand up for the voiceless. Because, you know, you need to have somebody to uh, feel others, like to um, make others feel that you're not alone, right? And... Uh, like, you know, I'm a very simple person. I don't make my life complicated. And I'm so good at palming off my problems to Jesus. So, like, I, when, I, um, when I'm sick or when somebody is sick, I will say, prem premise my husband. He went through, uh, like, you know, three surgeries, brain surgeries. Doctors said, no hope, he will never get up. Um, and I said, you know, by the stripes of Jesus, Prem is healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Or, or in a situation where I have challenges, right? And uh, where I have, I will say, God, I never asked for this. You brought me here, right? And as David said in the Psalms, I say, the battle is yours, O Lord. I'm going to sleep when I get up. I want you to resolve all this. And then, 
then when I'm having when I'm having problems, I say, you have hedged behind and before you laid your hands upon me, hand upon me. I'll claim the power. There are so many promises. When I have challenges, I'll, I'll say, like, you know, I was having the intelligence behind me for over a year, right? Uh, and I would say, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Now, we have competitors waiting for, to, you know, uh, regain their strength because now we are the largest uh, procurement body in our region and we, are the pre pre we do the production. So there are multinationals who are threatened now and when they do all sorts of things, I always say, you prepare a table in the presence of my enemies and you announce my head with oil. My, I physically will raise my hand and say, my cup runs over, right? There are many promises in the Bible. So I claim, right? And recently, we have to go through, because we qualified from a cottage industry to be a, a professional industrial, under industrial ordinance. So this takes a lot of licenses, 16 licenses from the government. And you can imagine, in a corrupt country like Sri Lanka, what it would be a challenge. And I always tell everyone, there is only a thin line between what is right and what is wrong, right? So the moment you start com compro compromising, you're already lost it, right? So uh, as Kevin was saying, that we have to have this absolute alcohol, 96%. For the milk testing, we also run a lab for the farmers also could come and test their milk. So I went to this, uh, it took a month for, to prepare all the documents, and now I'm meeting the highest official who gives the uh, license. And uh, the very first day the team went, nothing happened, so the next day I decided to go with them, and I asked for an appointment. I was given an appointment at 10.30, so I went 9. I sat in front of his room till 4 o'clock oh in the evening. So I said, God, you have a wonderful way of teaching me patience. <laughs> Right? And humility, right? As we grow, we tend to lose these things, right? So, thank you, Jesus, and praise the Lord for this time. And I was watching, you, you know, when you go through challenges and problems, you, when you go through problems, you see the possibilities, right? When you have challenges and concerns, you will have, uh, you will come out with a new way. So I was seated here looking at people who are going to this lovely counter, giving their papers, getting their license, and to, they are going all going out. I am here seated in front of the man's uh, door. And he was going out and coming in and going out and coming in. He never took me seriously. And suddenly, 4.30, the office closes. So 4 o'clock, I decided to do something. So I went up to the lovely lady who was there and said, you know, explain, maybe I'm not getting it right, right? You know, I'm seated here watching all these people who come and take their licenses without a problem, and all these licenses are for the bars, the, um, the wine shops where they buy the liquor, uh, and, you know, this license you are getting brings many families to the roads. And many people, the, the families are destroyed and they die soon, right? 
But I am here just for 60 liters of absolute alcohol for the entire year. That is five liters a month. And to do something good, to ensure that the farmers get the right quality and that will give them a right uh, price for their milk and trying to develop the products that are good. Where am I going wrong here, right? Can you put it in writing and give it to me a letter saying why you can't give us the license? You know, the, the president of the country is going to be in my part of the country uh, on the 28th of this month. I would ask him the same question, right? And believe me, God takes me to places where people can't go. So I said, I, God will take me, and I'm going to go and ask him the same question. Not even five minutes, I was taken into the room of this uh, commissioner, and he said, oh, Mrs. Premkumar, I'm sorry, I had Zoom meetings, blah, blah, blah. And I, then he said, took the papers, oh, you are trying to do something good, and he signed it. And then I said, thank you, but I had to repeat this again in January, so I went out. And there was this young person, Nihal, who was watching us, like, you know, for the whole day, he came running and said, Mrs. Premkumar, did you get the license? Did he sign? I said, yes. Oh, for this entire year, you, I think you are the only one who got it without keeping 500,000 on his table, without f seeing 500,000 Sri Lankan rupees on his table, he will ne never talk to anybody. Oh. Right? <laughs> well, um... Pastor Selena from that. That was amazing. I love that story. Um, but so it struggles, but then you see God's faithfulness. Where, I guess the, we know where it's going, but is there more clarity? Like, do you know now, like where you would like to see this go in like in the next few years, the next five years? Like what you know, we talk about begin with the end in mind. What was that end for you? Like, what, what do you see uh, in, like, say, three or five years or ten years? Like, what do you, where this is all going? Yeah, this program, when it started, we all had these strategies and plans around it. But God's planning is so very different from us. So, I always say, like, you know, during COVID, we grew. During the economic crisis, the bankruptcy in Sri Lanka, we thrived. God took us through that phase. So we never thought of doing the production or processing of uh, products uh, in this time frame. It was always pushed to the last. But because of COVID and the lockdown and all this, we started collecting the milk and we started chilling. And as the need comes, God walked us through this. But already God is sustaining us. So within, within two years, uh, 2020, we started the milk collection in January. In August, we were producing curd in pots, clay pots. Then God made sure that we grew so much, we went for a proper uh, factory and the entire um, uh, line production of seven products now. And uh, we are already sustaining our work through this project. So it will be over. The partnership will be coming to an end in another two and a half to three years. And uh, we already have plans for phase three. And uh, we have our benchmarks that we are happy that God is helping us to achieve. Nice. And 
I will not be surprised to see, because I don't want to put figures in God's plan. So God only called me to do this, plant the seeds in this season, and he will bring others to water and harvest. But I know God will take us over 200 million Sri Lankan rupees in the next three years, and which we will have an independent uh, organization with farmers, more than 10,000. Our, our focus is, this is only in one province out of the nine provinces in Sri Lanka, and 85% of the milk suppliers to the national uh, milk collection are smallholder farmers. And they have this struggle across the country. Yeah. So God will take us to the other provinces to yeah. do the same thing. That's awesome and help women and children across the country. Come on, take over. <laughs> I know um, there's I have one last question, and this is, Selena, it's more your advice to all of us in this room um, around what, what can we do um, as in one, in um, the, the continuing uh, program in Sri Lanka and with what you and the Yuga Shakti team are doing. But the other thing that I, you say to me, and I always find this encouraging, Sri Lanka is a country which is 75% Buddhist and then it's about 20% Christian and then there's about 4% Muslim, so less than 1% Christian, right? 20% Hindus. 20% uh, Hindus, sorry. And then, and you say that uh, Buddhism is a religion, Hinduism is a religion, but Christianity is a relationship. And, um, and so you don't see it as a religion, but it's a relationship, of course, with our Father. And all of us are called that if we belong in the family of God and our Father, then all of us are part of that family and part of what that's doing. So what's your advice to us? And as you've journeyed and as you've walked with the Lord all these years, from a teenager knowing that God had something for you but not knowing what it is, to today, many years later, with what you're doing now. And then the last thing is, does age matter? Age? No. <laughs> well, you know, your retirement is only when God calls you home. Come on. Yeah, until then, God will give you something to do. And he wants each and every one of us to be part in his big, what I call it, the blueprint, right? Each of us has a role to play. Uh, so, starting with your question. So, Buddhism is a philosophy. Uh, Hinduism is a, uh, Hinduism is a religion, but Christianship, right? So, I always claim Jesus is my constant companion He's there with me, even here, holding my hands. If I am in the mountains, he stands with me. When I go through the valleys, he carries me through, and he teaches me something new, right? Um, and uh, for individuals, my question is, do, you f do we, I don't want to put, I mean, point out to anybody, do we spend quality time with uh, fostering our relationship with our God. Like, I wouldn't start a day uh, without at least two hours with him. Yeah. Like, I pray, I read, but I just sit there 
and listen to him. I just sit there. I don't have anything, no prayer, nothing. I just sit there and I listen to him. My only prayer every day is this. Heavenly Father, give me the wisdom, discernment, knowledge, and understanding, and guide me through this day. And tell me what I have to do for today, not tomorrow, right, for today. That's all I ask from him. And then I sit there, and you know, God has a wonderful way of talking to you. You know, he has a wonderful way of, you know, bringing you visions, like a dream I have seen many times. And, you know, people may not believe this, but I, you know, find it, other religions, they find it difficult. I have an encounter with angels, right? Twice in my life. And God calls you. I was at the peak of my career with these international organizations based in Seattle, right? A Christian organization called World Concern. I was at the peak and I was doing the anti-human trafficking, protection of women and children. I was the country director for Sri Lanka and Nepal. But then God told me, spoke to me in 2018 through Joshua 1.9. Two times I really didn't understand, but the third time I said, God, I am here. You have to obey his calling. Wherever he you will take me, I will go, right? That is where my journey actually uh, started as the CEO of Yuga Shakti. So we've got to listen to him. And the message is that do, please don't give up. Please don't give up in your journey. Uh, you know, there may be a lot of problems. It may seem like mountains, but when God is there, these are nothing for him, right? So please don't give up. And actually, uh, I would thank each and every New Zealander who has helped Tear Fund because every dollar that people gave was, is matched by $2 by the government. That made a huge difference. You know, I can't sit here and tell you all the stories. Right? It's very difficult. And, you know, I would encourage you to pray for Sri Lanka and all the prayers and support given to us. Thank you so much. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. We are, we're, we're, we're done, but we're not done. We're, we're done here. But afterwards in the cafe, you guys are sticking around um, to talk. And so Kevin and Selena and Clara are going to be. And if you have any questions or comments about, like, how can personally get involved or just to hear another one of those amazing stories, Pastor Selena. Um, wasn't she so good this morning? Like, that was the sermon that I needed to hear this morning. Just sitting with Jesus for two hours. Yes. Amen. And then start praying. So I want you all stand rise. We're going to pray for um, Selena. And uh, why don't we just why don't we just walk down to the floor? And I'm just going to ask some of my key team to come, or those that just are mission minded or engaged that would like to pray. Just uh, why don't we just come on down here and um, just lay some hands on Selena? Oh, thank you, Selena, t- taking care of the business. No, we don't need him. <laughs> Why don't we just, anyone else like to come down and just lay hands over? Preferably uh, one of the ladies can lay hands on Selena. Awesome. And just let's just start praying right now. You've heard a bunch of stuff about Sri Lanka, about corruption, about some of the hardships, but also 
Let's end on a positive. We've heard a lot about how it's affecting women and children and communities. You've heard about how this is going to engage not just her province, but all the provinces of Sri Lanka. Just start to pray right now. Lord, we just marvel at, Lord, what you've done in her life. That, Lord, how you've opened up these doors for her from when she was a young girl and how she's listened and, and walked that walk. And, Lord, we just pray, Lord, doors will open. That, Lord, you will just lead her in paths that she doesn't even know that are there, Lord. That, Lord, it will just grow and grow and grow. I pray for more finance to come into this mission, Lord. And I pray for other countries that, Lord, maybe they will take it on board as well. So, Lord, I do pray for her. I pray you'll bless her. Bless her family, Lord. Help her husband, Lord. Heal him, Lord, I pray. So, Lord, just be with her and this organization in Jesus' name. And, Lord, it really does challenge each and every one of us, Lord, what to do, what we can do. So, thank you, Jesus. Yes. We just want to lift up Tear Fund. We think about Claire and also with Kevin, just with the over decade of just ministry um, from the very beginning. His, he's also gone to, to check in on, this, on Sri Lanka and this project. And I just pray for favor over uh, this relationship. We think about the, the corruption and that thin line that uh, Celine was talking about. And I just pray right now that there would just be uh, eyes would be, need to be closed and, and ears would be deafened for those things that are corrupt, that they would just they would be gone in the name of Jesus. There would be just a pathway that would just lead to favor, your favor for all the projects, for all these people. I pray that there would be high-end government officials that would just have a move of the Spirit. We talked about the power and the, and the blowing of the Spirit. We just pray for right now those there would be high officials that would, would catch wind and catch the, the, the motivation, the energy of, this, of this, uh, this enterprise, and they would come right behind and go, we'll, we'll pull out all the stops. Even if it is like literally the, is it the prime minister of Sri Lanka? Is it, or is it president? I'm not quite sure. But I pray for the high end. The leaders of, of Sri Lanka would just go, we officially endorse this project. And there would be millions of rupees that would be poured into this program. For your kingdom's sake, Lord. For your kingdom come, thy will be done. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We pray your blessing. And I pray a special blessing over Selena for the rest of her trip here that's filled. There would be a time where, for a filling of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus, you you carry her through. If if she can get all that out of Psalm 23, I wonder what else she could do with the other 65 books of the Bible. So I just pray blessing over her, and this would be a time of filling and restoration in the name of Jesus. Hey, church, Amen. Why don't we just sing as response to to that?